Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Safety Wars. I can't believe I'm saying this. We're going to be coming up to 100 episodes of Safety Wars very shortly this month. I wanted to thank all of you for the support that we've received over the last year. We're working on some other projects here that you will find out about in due time. we got a lot of exciting things going on here at Safety Wars. Today, we're going to talk about sea lioning. I used to get sea lioned all the time until I came up with strategies to manage it. So what's sea lioning? You can say, Jim, you flipped. But it's something we all have had to deal with as safety professionals. I suspect the term will be as popular as that other term we've discussed here called gaslighting. It's a form of harassment that consists of pursuing people with persistent requests for evidence or repeated questions while maintaining a pretense of civility and sincerity. It may take the form of incessant, bad faith invitations to engage in debate. The term originated with a 2014 strip, meaning like a webcomic comic strip, of Wondermark by David, and I'm going to destroy this name, Malky. The whole thing is just another form of trolling, like we have an internet troll. I'll give you two examples here. First example, you have a workforce. They're all trained. Let's say it's in fall protection. You have fall protection training certificates. You have a 30 hour, maybe a 30 hour construction outreach training card. They've even gotten that fall protection competent person training. And they've been designated by their employer as a fall protection competent person. You go out, you do an audit of them, and what do you find? A whole bunch of stuff wrong. They start asking questions like, well, what's really wrong with my fall protection anchor? Well, you know, you got it attached to a suspended ceiling grid that won't hold 5,000 pounds. It's probably only going to hold 50 pounds. No, it's got to be like 5,000 pounds or double the maximum intended load. This is all in the regulations and in the standards and everything else we have. And what kind of answer do you get back? Well, where does it say that? Now they want you to go through the OSHA regulations and all through subpart M and find where this is. And then it's, well, what's wrong with my fall protection distance? I have a shock absorbing lanyard, right? I'm good, look at me, I'm all protected. And then you say, well, that shock absorbing lanyard or what we call energy absorbing nowadays, you're supposed to have it for like 18 and a half, 19 and a half feet between the anchorage point and the ground. And you have it at about eight feet. In other words, it's never gonna deploy and you're gonna hit the ground when you fall. And they say, well, where does it say that? I was never told that in all my training. 
it's a lie, or they've gotten really groovy no training, right? And they end up going through and they want you to go through all the manufacturers, books, and everything else to go and find that out for them, right? They know that what they're doing is wrong. They're not going to accept your answer or anything else. And you get the idea. They're just sending you on a thing so you give up, right? Here's another example, example two. Sometimes you have to go through the whole process with these folks, that RC lion in you. It might be just the nature of the beast, what you have to do. I had to go through this with an abrasive blasting crew. They were industrial painters, and the so-called confident person wanted to do abrasive blasting with a half-face respirator with a P100 cartridge, rather than a supplied air blast hood. This management was on the west coast or the middle of the country. It's 5 a.m. there, right? And we couldn't really call them at 5 a.m. over this. I ended up having to shut that part of the job done. There was a lot of other stuff for them to do, prep work, but they couldn't do the abrasive blasting. The general contractor that I worked at cleared me to go through this whole process with them, shut them down and everything else. So what do I do? I go through all of the calculations with the guy, right? The confident person. Respirator training, the laws, and everything else. It took about an hour. He told me that, well, these were his exact words. I don't know what you're talking about. It must be made up. I'm not into all this book learning. He said, look, I was at a very large car company. By the way, it's one of you've all heard of. And a couple of power plants that I've worked with before. By the way, Jim Poles and I worked with before. And they allowed me to work without supplied air. And since they all allowed it, and they were multi-billion dollar companies, therefore, Jim, you're automatically wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. What did I do? I gave him basically a one-hour training session for free, but I had time that day, and I was managing the project, and my man Bob, my assistant, was running the project at this point. I had just stopped by to try to manage this little part for him. When I finally got the management on the line a couple hours later, long story short, they agreed with me, and the work proceeded. What's the point? He was sea lining me to waste my time. He was looking to wear me down or was looking for a mistake in what I was saying or some kind of inconsistency. Then he would have questioned that too. They were on a time crunch to get the job done. These are construction jobs. They have to get them done. However, I would not let them proceed without working safely, obviously, because I was in charge of safety there. In his experience, if there's a time crunch versus safety, safety always loses 100% of the time. That was his experience, and you have to understand that. However, with this particular client, this wasn't going to fly. And they had me working there, not going to fly. So what do you do if you recognize something like this happening? You have to be non-confrontational, because that's part of the strategy, too, to piss you off enough to get you to lose control, and then they're in charge of the situation, not you. It doesn't, it creates more tension and everything else. So how do we manage this in a non-confrontational way? There are many different ways. I came up to it with a couple of them. What do you do? You try to put it back on them. Rather tell them, rather than telling them what to do, you have to ask them a question. You then risk becoming a sea lion yourself on this, but you need to question with a purpose be like an attorney here. We might call this also a learning team, learning why they're doing something. Use the Socratic method, meaning question things, and you learn by questioning. For example, why are you doing it this way? Do you have industrial hygiene results that prove 
that you're what you're doing is right. If you have questions, right? So you're asking these questions. Don't be afraid of the answers, especially the ones that you don't like. You, if you're asking questions, you might get an answer you may not like. But that does, shouldn't stop you from answering the questions. You could be direct. Sometimes you have to be, right? But you kind of realize when you're direct and you say, this is site policy. The decision is made well above our pay grade or something like that, or we are being paid to do it this way. But you got to realize sometimes that doesn't work and you're going to undermine yourself. This is like saying, because I told you so. And that doesn't help with your own leadership stuff. You got to be a leader on that site. And we're going to talk about that this season of Safety Wars also. One of my family members does this all the time. Well, me and the other family members laugh over this too, right? They ask a question that he has an answer to. Then, if you don't use the same exact words in his answer, that one that he got from somebody else, then you're automatically wrong. So how do we manage this situation? And I coach family members on this. I say, what you have to do is, well, what do you think? Or, wow, I never thought about it that way. What do you think? How, how did you come to this? This kind of approach works out much better than confronting the person, but sometimes you have to ask, hey, are you looking for an answer or, you, or do you already have an answer and you're looking for an argument? Usually, you, know, you don't want to do that. It may start an argument. It may do something else like that, but what's my point? You have to have the answers and questions ahead of time. You have to have a script in your head ahead of time. So with this family member, Right? 90% of the time, he already has the answer. He's just looking for an argument. Now, you go to the workplace. Do you want to be confrontational? No, you want to be working with the person, but you want to have a backbone. Whatever you do, make sure you're not a wise guy with any of this. If that happens, it gets turned around on you, and now you're the, vic you're the oppressor and they're the victim. And believe me, that will get come back to haunt you if you put them in a situation where they are the victim. You have to realize sometimes people, and it's a rarity, are actually interested in a genuine discussion. If that's the case, you have to have an opportunity, see it as an opportunity, to build bridges, make positive changes. And maybe you'll make a friend if you treat someone with respect and they'll be on your side, at least at work. But I caution you, don't let it become a free training session because that runs into a whole bunch of other problems. Giving out free training, like you gotta make money, you know, this to make money, right? My wife and I went on our second honeymoon, which was about three weeks after our first honeymoon. We went to Alaska on our second honeymoon. First honeymoon was a cruise to Brooklyn via Puerto Rico. But anyway, we went on a day cruise and we started to smell this horrible thing. We went up to the Colgate Glacier outside of Anchorage, right? Beautiful day cruise. It was a horrible smell. I'm like, Captain, what's that horrible smell? And he says to me, those are the sea lions. We smell them from miles away. There's a big colony over there. There's stellar sea lions. So let's finish with this, right? You probably won't be able to smell that proverbial sea lion in your life from that far away, but you need to be able to spot them early on and develop a strategy to manage them in your ongoing safety war. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Pozel.
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Are you tired of hiring safety consultants and safety professionals that don't have any passion for what they're doing? How about those who have never worked in the field or done the dirty work? Is there resistance to taking safety training because the training is boring, irrelevant, and unengaging? Are your employees playing a team, college student, or someone on the dark web to take the online safety training for them? Look no further. Safety Wars can come to your facility or do most of the training you need through an online platform at times convenient for you. For more information, call me, Jim Polzel, your Safety Wars host at 845 694 4170. Or you can email me at jim at safetywords.com. Remember, if you've heard this transmission, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywords.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces.